0: Hello, you're listening to Thought Starters, a podcast on the business of creativity. I'm David Michon. This episode has been recorded virtually as we comply with recommendations to stay at home in the face of this pandemic. This week would have been Milan Design Week, the world's biggest and most notable design fair that on a regular year would see over 350,000 visitors, First delayed, Milan Design Week was, like so many other events this year, simply cancelled for 2020. For this episode, we head to Norway and meet two leaders in the Norwegian design community who would have been showing in Milan, to speak instead about the role of design as we emerge from COVID-19 lockdowns. They cover a lot of territory, including how do we redesign public spaces to allow us to come together and yet still maintain social distancing? What needs to change in manufacturing and supply chains? and how should companies behave, and how should governments?
1: My name is Veldigde Sunde. I'm the curator and product manager for the Norwegian Presence Exhibition. Um, And I work at DOGA, the Norwegian Centre for Design and Architecture.
2: And my name is Jan Christian Vestre. I'm the CEO of uh, the Norwegian furniture manufacturer
0: uh, Vestre. Benedicte is project manager for the exhibition Norwegian Presence, which normally takes place during Milan Design Week. She is also the coordinator of International Activities for DOGA, Norway's organization for design and architecture. Jan Christian is CEO of Vestre, a Norwegian manufacturer of urban furniture. For more than 70 years, Vestre has helped create social meeting places for millions of people, with their furniture a part of public space schemes in New York's Times Square, Piazza Aperta in Milan, and Bergmannstrasse in Berlin.
1: Well, Jan-Kristian Vester, I'm so interested in ethical manufacturing uh, from several points of views, but I know that that's Vestre's leading principle. And I'm just wondering how, how, how have Vesford brought the UN Sustainable Principle into your business model and how, how does it work? Does it work?
2: Yes, I think so. Uh, and I have to go um, back a while, uh, benedicte because uh, I took over this family business at an age of uh, 25. And to be really honest with you, at that point, outdoor furniture was uh, not among the things I thought about uh, most But from day one, I decided that it's not about the furniture. It's actually about uh, using Vestra as a tool to to change the world by doing two things. Uh, Number one, we want to bring people together by creating attractive social meeting places, what we call the arenas for everyday democracy. And we want to do that uh, one neighborhood uh, at a time. And now during Corona times, um, I would not say that uh, promoting social media basis. Uh, it's the best sales pitch, but uh, <laughs> get back on track again and then people will have the same need to, to, to visit and to, to spend time together, of course, and, and to, to bringing in more uh, feeling of togetherness in our cities. And the second thing I decided was that we're going to use this also as a tool and prove that the design and manufacturing industry is not only a part of the green shift, but that we're actually leading uh, the green shift. And I want Vestra to be a front runner. Uh, we can inspire and encourage other companies to follow. So what we decided then was to uh, define this goal that Vestra uh, should be recognized as the uh, world's most sustainable furniture brand. And we did integrate nine out of the 17 sustainable development goals into our business uh, philosophy. So we have defined a lot of concrete measures uh, that are linked to each uh, uh, goal. Um, and uh, we are also investing about 10% of our net income every year to support and to finance uh, sustainable projects around uh, the globe. And if all Norwegian companies had done like Vestre, uh, you know, giving away 10% of our net income, the Norwegian business sector would have matched the entire Norwegian foreign aid budget. Not- Once, but twice imagine what kind of impact that could have in in financing the sustainable development goals, which are basically about eradicating poverty, uh, fight injustice and to to stop uh, climate changes. So I think all private companies has responsibility. uh, And I think it's time for us all now to step up because, uh, yeah, we have 10 years now basically to reach the sustainable development goals. And that's not far from, from here.
1: No, that is really impressive. Uh, I must say I was really taken by everything you said. And, you know, the whole concept of the pandemic situation also is a design challenge that we actually have to reach out and use to something positive. So, this might uh, let their designers you know design furnitures for situations like we are into now if you go around in the parks in Oslo you can see that people is keeping social distances on the benches uh, but they are sharing the carpets but they're sitting on the benches but they have one and a half meter from each others and it's Social and they are in contact and they are using the benches around us. also Western at Archibit, for example, you can see people are scattered around, enjoying themselves in small groups. So it's it actually still works, even though we have the pandemic, which is really, really great, I think.
2: Yes, you're right. You're right. And maybe we just need to prepare for, for a future where we where we might. We have to behave uh, different or or maybe this is the new reality, but uh, still I strongly believe that the urban spaces need to be open and accessible and social so that people actually uh, can meet. Because, you know, Benedict, we have we have actually so many things to be glad about in the world today i mean fewer people are living in in poverty more people are living under democracy fewer wars i mean child uh, mortality rates are down mm. never have so many people have had access to clean water education so so we have a lot of you know great things now that we have accomplished uh, together but what actually worries me a lot uh, of course, the climate crisis, but what I'm even more worried about is the situation we have now in the world, where we see that uh, the world has become more and more polarized. Mm. Uh, here that a lot of people are experiencing their erosion of trust, cohesion in the neighborhoods. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, in many countries, uh, they have now started to define people, put them in different categories like uh, us and them. That's mm. never... Uh, we see antagonism, and we see we see more conflicts. And uh, I think uh, we all have uh, responsibility to to actually try to avoid this by bringing people together. So, if we can develop more inclusive uh, arenas for fellowship, if we can if we can let people actually meet indoor, outdoor, to share life experience. I mean, stories, get to know each other. We will, after all, see that we are all uh, human uh, beings, and and that's actually what this brand is about. I mean, we develop and manufacture sustainable furniture, but to be honest, I don't care about the furniture. I care about what the furniture does. And oh. the furniture have like uh, one purpose, and that is to, to bring uh, people together. And Corona or not, we we will still have that uh, uh, need when all this is uh, over, and then uh, we are there, ready to uh, to deliver.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, as you say, you know, um, Victor Panak he said in '72 that there are no are professions more harmful than design, but he also said that it's so much useless unnecessary and unsafe products and i think that what Wester is doing with manufacturing all this beautiful outdoor furnitures which also i know you have this ethic aspect with the, the design that you you open up for people homeless people to actually actually sleep in them you don't put on you know nails or something that should Make it difficult to find a shelter during the night, which I find a really ethical, responsible. Could you say something about how how you came up with that principle?
2: Yeah, and I also have to say that that you know, Wester, we are a family-owned company, so so we can do basically what we what we want to do, and mm-hmm. and I respect for that other companies, you know, with the owners that care most about short-term profit. Maybe, maybe it's different to them and maybe it's more challenging to actually change their behavior. But we are family-owned, so we can do whatever we want to. And uh, we have said that we really don't want to make money on something we don't believe in. And uh, we believe it design and it's simply not democratic to have spikes in your cities. Right. <laughs> it's my only purpose to you know, make sure that the, the, the weakest people or, or the people sitting at the end of the tables have no access to, to the city. So actually we refuse to do any kind of hostile design. Uh, we say no to many projects in Europe and in the US every year because it involves hostile design and we don't believe in in hostile design because as i said again the city should be accessible and and open and safe for for everybody and i mean if we as a society has created this this world where where people cannot even afford their own homes uh, we should treat that as a political and as a social Problem and a challenge we solve together. It's basically not my task as a Norwegian furniture manufacturer to 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 bring in uh, hostile installations. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, that's basically why we why we refuse to to do that. And some people ask me, you know, uh, we have this whole the most sustainable furniture brand in the world and, and they they ask me isn't that isn't that very hard or isn't that very complicated and and i have to say that no it's not actually mm-hmm. because it's only about following your heart and what you know is the right thing to do and we all have a lot of you know alternatives we make decisions we have options we can go that direction we can go this direction and it all comes down to what kind of uh, choices we, we make mm-hmm. in- kind of uh, products do we make do we make costard products or do we make democratic pro- products it's about what kind of manufacturing do we do we have i mean for instance vespas uh, manufacturing is based on 100% renewable energy we uh, consistently uh, use the greenest materials in the world we offer all our products with a lifetime guarantee All parts can be replaced even after 40, 50, 60 years outdoor. We offer to restore old furniture, for for instance. Uh, So it's all about the the choices uh, we make. Mm -hmm. Uh, For instance, we could have bought cheaper steel from China, but we never do that because Chinese steel comes with 30% more CO2 emissions compared to more expensive Swedish steel. So it is more expensive to us. We could have increased our profit margin if we chose something cheaper, but that will also mean that our products are not that sustainable anymore. So Mm. my best advice is actually that uh, people should make the right decisions uh, because we, (laughs) after all, all know what's the right thing uh, uh, to do. And if we can get more people to understand this and the fact that, I mean, none of us can save the world by ourselves, but we can all contribute. So, I mean, basically, everyone can save the world at least a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we have huge impact uh, together on the world today, and actually, that's what the world today needs.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, I absolutely I, I agree with you. But I think that Vestri is such a good example. But how how can other manufacturers, you know, dare to do the same because people are Surely they must be really worried about, you know, making profit, that their, their business is profitable and at the same time pursuing these ethical goals. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? How, how 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 is it in the Norwegian industry? How do they handle this?
2: Yeah. I think First of all, of course, as a private company, we, we, we all need to be profitable because, uh, I mean, uh, we will offer safe jobs. Uh, we will pay our taxes with a smile on our face. We want to contribute and we have to invest in new technology in new sustainable solutions, uh, machinery and, and whatever. So, of course, we have to be profitable. But, but my point is that we should not only think about Uh, short-term profit motives, you know. But uh, some years ago, I read this uh, article in New York Times, and it was written, uh, uh, um, the the author was Milton Friedman. And Milton Friedman, he's a very famous uh, Nobel Prize-winning economist. And, and he stated that, you know, business of business should be business and nothing else. And he added that those who believe otherwise, like us, for instance, talking about social responsibility and sustainable development, uh, we were some kind of puppets of the intellectual forces that have been undermining the basis of a free society. That was his book. And, and, and I read this and I couldn't sleep that night because I... I, I i mean, i i'm really against that we're kind of anti friedman in terms of defining what uh, contribution we can give as a private as a private company because uh, if we accept that i mean that as long as we are profitable we can we can we can just leave all the problems in the world today up to i mean Donald trump or or whoever it is mm-hmm. uh, As we are profitable, I think this is the main reason why we are facing a climate crisis. For instance, I think this is the reason why we still have 800 people, uh, 800 million people living in extreme uh, poverty. uh, Mm -hmm. Because richest people on this planet is getting more and more rich. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, we haven't been able to combat inequality uh, yet. So yes, private companies should step up. Private companies should be profitable, but it is opposition between being profitable and doing doing it in the right way i mean i believe in green growth it should be possible to have to have growth but that growth has to be uh, sustainable and and uh, eco friendly uh, and that's the starting point uh, actually so if we can change the mindset of the owners so they can actually start asking themselves how can we contribute then we will very far very long way in, in, the, in the right uh, direction, mm-hmm. and then you up, uh, daring of course we have to to dare I mean we have to think different, we have to dare to think different, and we have to dare to take a little risk because we don 't have all the answers about the sustainable future and what that brings and what that uh, involves. So we also have to to take a little uh, risk. And as I said, again, do what we know is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I also think we should be bold. I mean, when we said that uh, our goal is to be recognized as the most sustainable furniture brand in the world, a lot of people were questioning that. And, and maybe they found me even a bit naive because I really think I can change the world by a simple But I, I still believe that I can change the world together with my with my my colleagues. So you should dare to be bold. Uh, and I think it's also really important to unleash the creativity in in our own organizations because uh, all people have a lot of ideas about minor and 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 and, and more important and bigger improvements and 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 how we can you know change our behavior, change how we do things, how mm. how we things uh, Slightly into a more sustainable direction, but then we also have to be open-minded and, and act like uh, like real leaders, listening and motivating and encouraging people to to take part of this green shift. And and uh, we should not, we should not forget also that the sustainable development goals and this this platform now that 175 I think countries have have, have uh, pledged to be part of uh, is a really good framework to actually make a difference and uh, i think it doesn't matter if a company integrate one out of the 17 goals or nine as we did or or all 17 the most important thing is that we all use the SDGs as a platform to uh, change the world and if we start
0: there uh, i think uh, we all have something we can contribute with you're listening to Thought Starters, a project by White City Place. In conversation are Benedictus Sunde of Doga, the Norwegian Organization for Design and Architecture, and Jan-Christian Vestre, the CEO of Vestre, the Norwegian manufacturer of urban furniture. This episode is being recorded virtually.
1: Yes, I've spoken with a few manufacturers and actually the U-turn that several of them has done towards circularity and transparency has actually given them increased business possibilities. They say it's, it's, it's really amazing to have an environmental product declaration that follows what they manufacture, give them uh, actually a, a, a business possibility that they wouldn't have if they hadn't been working with the environmental issues in their company. So actually they earn more money being ethical than on contraire, you know. So it's quite interesting how they take these U-turns, lots of the manufacturers in Norway at the moment, because they see that it actually works. Uh, You probably are familiar with the NCP, uh, the Nordic Comfort products. They made a change by involving the fishing industry in recycling the plastic to pellets. So that NCP could use that recycled uh, plastic from the fishing industry to create sustainable chairs, which is quite amazing—an amazing U-turn for a company who actually produces plastic chairs. Yes. Mm.
2: Yeah, you're right, and and uh, I'm you know I'm very optimistic now because I think we we see and we will see a lot of. New companies and actually also old companies that are changing their behavior and their business strategy. Mm-hmm. And again, there, there, there are no contradictions between sustainable solutions and economic growth. It's possible to combine those, but we have to, I mean, dig into the new possibilities then and, 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 and see them as possibilities for us for future growth in setting Instead of you know trying to to fight against it or or or, 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 or see it as a as a as, as a challenge or as a problem, because mm. we grab the opportunities. Mm. Uh,
1: and, and the same thing is that you Norway we have you know several raw material resources like stone, wood, wood, uh, hydro powered aluminium minerals like silicium and mangan, We have so much much access to sustainable material and we have some challenges with uh, our oil uh, oil uh, uh, industry in the North Sea. Shouldn't we just, you know, stop pumping up that oil and concentrate on all our renewable resources that we have in this country?
2: Yeah, that's uh... a... <laughs> That's maybe one of the most difficult uh, questions, not only in Norway now, but I mean, my, I mean globally. How can we actually, you know, speed up or accelerate uh, this uh, this uh, green shift and and uh, going towards a more sustainable and renewable uh, future? And I'm not sure if it is a good idea to to stop producing oil and gas in Norway right now, because like it or not, but Norwegian oil and gas come with uh, one third of the CO2 emissions compared to the world average. So as long as there is a demand for fossil fuels, it's better to actually produce it in a country with, uh, I mean, strict environmental regulations and so on. Mm. So mm. To, to move that pr- production, let's say, to the Middle East, where they have a lot higher am- of higher amounts of climate gases. Mm. But that being said, of course, uh, I'm impatient in- in- too, and we really need to speed up this, process uh, towards the green shift, and politicians in Norway, they are actually talking a lot about the green shift, but I really want to see more more uh, action, and you are right, we have so many possibilities uh, in this uh, country, not only uh, things we can do in Norway, but we can also encourage and finance and support other measures around the globe, uh, actually based on our experience and knowledge, and and the fact that we are quite a wealthy nation, you know, our. Mm-hmm. The world fund has a value of about one trillion United States dollars. So we should have some money to spend on investments in uh, in the green uh, sector. Mm. There is a lot of talk, as I said, but said, but if we actually look into the, the details, I would say that the development is. Is not uh, that positive. For instance, according to the Norwegian government, which is now led by the Conservative Party, Norway will invest five times more in the oil and gas industry this year than in the mainland industry, meaning we invest way more in oil. Uh, oil and gas industry, compared to, to, to the green mainland uh, industry. And believe it or not, but Norway is also the country in the entire OECD that has lost the largest market share in terms of export volume over the last uh, 20 years. Mm. And, and, uh, actually, also, uh, our mainland trade deficit has more than doubled the last 10 years, meaning we have not been able yet to compensate for the decline in oil and gas uh, and we have to speed up the process uh, now if we want to be able to pay for our imports uh, in the in the coming years, actually. Mm-hmm. So, so what we should do is, as you said, we should use uh, all the possibilities uh, uh, we have. As I said, we have become a very rich nation thanks to the oil and gas uh, industry. I'm not the enemy of that industry, but uh, I still think in the future, uh, the demand for oil and gas uh, will hopefully disappear. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should invest more now in new sustainable uh, solutions, and I think that this could actually be our, you know, generation's contribution to the world. We can use the technology we have, we can use the knowledge we have, experience we have. I mean, we have probably the best offshore engineers and skilled workers in the world, and we should let them now come up with new renewable uh, technologies, like, for instance, floating windmills, uh, wow. cars in storage, emission-free hydrogen. We have uh, emission-free electric uh, vessels, aircraft. You mentioned aluminum. Why can't we use aluminum, uh, carbon-free without any re- greenhouse gas emissions and all, and, and so on and so on and so on. Mm,
1: mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, because you know it's it's kind of a, a, a rather big ecosystem. You know, the whole chain of how we do business with each other and how we can handle all these issues in the future. And I think that design is very multifaceted. And, you know, the engineers in the North Sea who has been working in the oil industry, lots of the technical and engineering Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, installations that they've done actually can be reused for a better purpose. We can sort of build on the technology that has evolved in the North Sea, creating, as you say, windmills, for example, that are uh, not uh, uh, grounded in the, 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 the sea level of the ground, but actually is working quite differently to create energy. And that's just because we had this lovely engineer engineers, who developed, you know, technology to compensate for, you know, storms, winds and so on. So it's it's quite amazing when we can, you know, build on, let's say, a kind of dirty design and create something new and good with it. And uh, if I'm not wrong, I, I, I think that Vesta also has, you know, are using uh, a powder coating that has been developed in the North Sea for the installations there. So, but arrest me if I'm wrong, but that makes best
2: furniture last longer. Isn't that correct? Yes, you, you no? are right, you are mm. definitely right. And as you said, again, that's because we have 50 years of experience, I mean, making sure that uh, our North Sea offshore installations don't rust, so we have developed extremely, uh, I mean, technology-driven uh, surface treatments here in uh, Norway, and the reason why we can offer all our products with a lifetime guarantee against rust and 15-year guarantee on paint is because of that fact that we're actually using technology, uh, from the oil industry and the North Sea offshore sector, and we put that technology into how we manufacture um, street furniture. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for instance, uh, I don't think people at Times Square in New York, where we have installed uh, 600 chairs, I don't think they are aware of it. But uh, they should know that the chairs they are sitting in, sitting on, is actually they're actually uh, protected uh, the same way as we protect our uh, North Sea rigs, and that's. Uh, one minor example of of green transition and how we can use knowledge and experience and put that knowledge and experience into new, more sustainable products and uh, solutions in the years to come. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But what what is your thoughts on young designers? How should they cope with this situation and these demands? Do you have any good tips for them, you know, the listeners?
2: I think, uh, first of all, they should uh, try to avoid... Working for companies that don't have any, you know, specific ideas mm-hmm. about how they become more sustainable because you can like it or you can dislike it. But I don't think companies that don't understand sustainable development, I, I don't think those companies will survive actually in the next five to ten years. Mm-hmm. So, so first of all, you should work with and for and together with companies. Uh, that want to do something good for uh, the environment and for people and for the planet, um, not only caring about uh, short-term profit uh, motives. Then I think designers should use all they have, you know, learned about uh, circular uh, models. Hmm. How we make products, as you said, that last long time, but it should also be easy to replace parts. Hmm. It should be easy to to restore and refurbish. Just as I said, we have defined this so-called best provision uh, zero, meaning uh, we will uh, not make a single product that isn't intended to last forever. And we believe that that's possible through proper use and maintenance. But again, also that we can return worn furniture to our factory after years of faithful service and then restore them and, and you know breathe new life uh, into them. Mm. Uh, and that starts actually from the beginning when you design the product because it should be easy to assemble and easy to to, to restore. Uh, and then I think the you know as I said again, there to be bold, dare to think big, use the Sustainable Development Goals as the framework when you design new uh, products. Uh, that's the starting point for for all of us uh, actually. Mm. Uh, Designers that understand this, uh, they have a bright future because the demand for, you know, designers making sustainable products and sustainable services and sustainable solutions, that that, that demand will increase a lot in the years to come. And uh, there are more and more companies now understanding this. uh, So there should be a lot of uh, potential uh, possibilities.
1: Absolutely. I really hope so, because I remember very well when IKEA had 50-year anniversary in Norway, and I was uh, interviewed by the Norwegian broadcaster NRK. And I mentioned in that talk and that interview that IKEA should absolutely have a return system for their shelving system, like the popular billy shelves. And this caused a distress situation in Ikea's head office uh, uh, and they were desperate to handle this and the communication officer at Ikea had to respond to the media the day after. Uh, (laughs) And they really hadn't given that a thought at all and the first argument they had was that it was very logistically challenging to find a, a return system for the billy uh, And they were pursuing uh, that they we actually were working with recycling the bulbs, the lamp bulbs. And that was their only answer. Now, I haven't checked in to see what IKEA actually is doing today when it comes to recycling. But they were not prepared for that common that day so hopefully IKEA is one of those manufacturers we're starting to think a bit differently that their products should be sustainable they shouldn't they should care about that they actually can be used in a long lifespan don't you agree
2: yes of course Uh, and uh, you know what they should have done was to send you a big flower because you you get a brilliant idea actually Uh, And I I do think they are looking into uh, those kind of uh, opportunities uh, right now because, you know, the climate crisis is more or less a resource crisis because we have been manufacturing way too many things with a bad quality. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's cheap. It's cheaper to buy new things compared to repairing them. Mm -hmm. So we produce more and more and more and more. And we use resources which we actually don't have. So, we get more and more uh, garbage, and we have too many throwaway solutions uh, that's the reason why we have a climate crisis right now. so if we can get not only IKEA, but investor and but all companies in the world to to understand this and to stepping up and caring about quality and longevity and making sure that their products can be replaced and restored uh, then I think we we will reach uh, yeah we, can, we can come we can reach a lot of 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 the goals we have defined, uh, uh there and and I think this has also something to do with 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 the the, the drivers behind the design uh, industry not only the design industry but you know the fashion industry as well mm-hmm. we are always striving for something new every year we should have been in Milan now you know Benedict yes, and it's always about what's new, what's new, what are your new products, what kind of new installations are you are you giving us this year? So, so we have we have kind of created this demand for new stuff mm-hmm. all, all year around, and that's not sustainable uh, anymore. So uh, we should care about the fact that products should have a long lifespan, and if we develop new like business models, a so new circle or distribution models. We can also change this somehow because you know, what's new to me could be old to you. Uh, You could have had a piece of furniture for for 10 years and then you, you you are tired and sick of it. You want something new, then I can take it over and we can repair it and we can refurbish it and we can maybe add the new color. So to me, it is a new product, but the product has been out there for 10 years already. Then you can buy a new product or you can lease or rent a new product. So so if we put all our products into this circular thinking, I think we can still meet the demand for of people wanting something new and, and fresh, but we can avoid the throwaway solutions. And that's maybe the most important thing for the design industry to do in the coming year. I agree
1: totally. I'm- also a little bit occupied with you know the trade war going on and how stakeholders and government and politicians can help us you know we still do have to make you know human beings has always been trading but what we have to do now is to trade differently and it's like the an, environmental organization Bologna says that, that, that it's no no harm in driving. That's not the problem. It's actually how we drive. And when the, when they started driving in Oslo with electrical cars, that must be fifteen years ago. They had the first electrical car. They went. Through the, the, uh, they didn't pay the toll when they passed the city uh, uh, into the city from the villages uh, and got you know really really hard time with the police. but at the end. They was right, so the government changed the whole situation for people driving electrical cars. They didn't have to pay a toll. They could drive in the collective fields uh, on the roads in Norway. And this is kind of what I would like to challenge the politicians and stakeholders, is how do we trade in a new way that is sustainable? Do you have
2: any thoughts on that, Jan-Christian? Yeah, and uh, I agree. This is maybe one of the, the biggest issues uh, in the world right now. Uh, and it is different because we are so independent on each other, you know. We cannot handle the climate, the climate crisis if we don't work together. So we need all countries to step up. And that is a bit difficult, for instance, when the biggest democracy in the world, United States of America, has a president that don't believe in climate changes and and he wants to withdraw the U.S. from the Paris Agreement. Mm. Uh, motivating me and and makes me happy and and, uh, optimistic is the fact that you see what's going on on the the level of the states, private sector, big global companies, they're stepping up and they say that, yes, we know about the climate changes and we don't care about what our president says Mm. To do uh, something good, and we want to, to bring uh, change. And, and that's a new thing. I, I, I don't think we have seen anything similar in the in the history uh, so far. Actually, that the private sector is stepping up the way they are uh, today. Uh, and that is a good that is a good thing. And of course, we need also collaboration not only between countries but also within countries. And, and you mentioned the electrical vehicles in, in Norway. You are right, 50% of all new cars in Norway now they are electrical, and the government uh, have uh, banned sales of petrol-powered cars by the end of 2025. I mean, that's four and a <laughs> half years from. So it does work because of tax incentives, because of technological investments. Uh, so I think politicians, private sector, the NGOs, we, we have to work uh, together to find the best solutions. And if we do that, uh, and if we believe in a brighter future and actually think that we can change the world uh, a bit every day, I think we will unleash all the power that's needed to, to actually make that happen.
0: Fantastic. <laughs> That was a conversation between Benedikt de Sunde of Doga, the Norwegian Organization for Design and Architecture, and Jan Christian Vestre, the CEO of Vestre, the Norwegian manufacturer of urban furniture. This has been Thought Starters, a project by White City Place and Dianenko, produced by David Michel, recorded and edited by Sean Crook. To find out how you can record your own podcast at White City Place, find us at whitecityplace.com, on Twitter or Instagram with the handle at whitecityplace, or shoot us an email at podcast at whitecityplace.com. And subscribe to Thought Starters on iTunes. Give us a rating and write us a comment. It really helps. Until next time.